Welcome to Romance with a Cocktail. I'm Peter. And I'm Ashley. And we're married. Today is Christmas Day. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, we are going to discuss Love Lettering by Kate Claiborne today. Yeah, and I think I should say that it is Christmas Day and we are not reading a book about Christmas, even though there's like a whole romance industry around Christmas. Certainly the Hallmark Channel has. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But I am excited to talk about this book because I love it. Good. All right. um, What do we have to drink today? Today, well, because you got me some liquor for Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Um, I actually, we have different cocktails today. Oh, what? I know. We have different ones. I know. Because I made mine, and then I was like, you know what? The one I made, which is just a basic margarita with St. Germain okay. um, liquor, I realized that's not really New York. I mean, it is. It could be. I drank plenty of margaritas when I was in but New York. But it doesn't but feel like... No, but yours is a St. Germain gin and tonic, basically, and yours is much better than mine, and I just don't want to waste it, so. Wait, so you you felt like you had to drink this margarita, and you couldn't just make two more cocktails? I wanted to, but you know me. I mean, it would be okay. I am a thrifty type. You definitely are. (laughs) You're going to like it. It's really good. It's one of the best that I've made. That is really good. That's delicious. It's like not too sweet. It's no. like. Although it's not unsweet. I know. It's like kind of like spritzy. Well, it has tonic and it's St. Germain and Bombay gin. That's all it is. And that's it. It's a really good mix. Mm-hmm. It's tasty, light. Well, I told you my boss recommended the St. Germain. I didn't even yeah. know about it. And then I had a cocktail in Orlando with it. So I'm yeah. glad that it yeah, was a good choice. I mean, choice. you can taste this. This is. You're gonna, it's sad. It tastes just like a margarita would. I mean, it's a good margarita. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. But yours is better, obviously. Well, I think they're both good, but they serve different purposes. Because, like, a margarita, you're ready to, like, party at the beach. Yeah. And and what this is this This is more one? like sophisto. Oh, do you, are you feeling sophisticated? <laughs> so... Which, the, is appropriate since our book takes place in New York. They're very sophisticated in this. <laughs> um, so it, this is the most literary of the books that we've read. Um, I commented early on, it demands something from the reader, which I felt like, except for Mortman, maybe because it was so long and like involved, mm-hmm. none of them really demanded too but, much. But I mean, Mortman is super plot, plot driven. Yeah, she was super plot-driven, but my point is, like, she was um, a little bit easier to read. Yes. She was just long but, and, and it demanded your attention to a different place and time right. in a way that the others we've read haven't. Mm-hmm. This one is, I guess, especially in the beginning, I would, I would say it kind of evens out by the end, but the beginning, it more introduces you to the world of fonts, yeah. since our protagonist is a... Hand letterer, calligrapher. Mm-hmm. But that's an art. Yeah, she's an artist, she's right? An artist. And that's how I think the beginning of the book is kind of set up that way. It's more about that than it is anything else. Yeah. And uh, so she's a she's an artist. She struggles with the idea that she's an artist. She has some confidence issues. Yeah. At one point. Nice. Somebody, maybe he calls her uh, an artist, and mm-hmm. she says she fights the urge to not to rebuff that. But don't you think that's probably because it's hard to call yourself an artist? Because, like, at what, you know... Not if you're making a living at it's it. It's like, did I read another book? I think. Oh, I think I read another book this week um, where it was like, you're a writer if you write. And an artist... You're an artist. And now, yes, she is making a living at it now, but she wasn't always. And she's still pretty young and still, like, figuring out what she mm-hmm. wants to do. But, yeah, she's successful at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, if you're making a living in New York City, 
as an artist, which is what yeah. she tells herself actually is like, okay, I am affording to live in one of the most expensive cities in the world mm-hmm. and it might be hard, but I'm doing it. So yes, I'm an artist. Yeah. It's also first person, which I think this might be the first one that's first person I think that so we've too. read. I would assume most romance novels are not first person. Would that be correct? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to pay more attention, but I would say they are not. And so this is really from her point of view. Yeah, that's interesting. And so we know what she's thinking and how she's experiencing everything. Seems like a very demanding point of view to take. I mean, it's about romance. And then you've got like, you've got to like say. And so this, it made sense. I mean, this, there's a lot of internal dialogue and that took a lot. Took a lot to but get through. Don't you through think that, that makes it more real? Like it's like first person from the woman's point of view by a woman author. Um, oh yeah, and that I, internal I, dialogue not, might be more realistic. Even you couldn't write this novel if it wasn't in first person, and not the way it was. I mean, it's obviously yeah, it would be a, a different big, big part of what it is. Um, so you really like this? This is one of your favorite romance novelists well i love this book i i didn't know her she's not mm-hmm. someone i've read all of her books um but i think it was on a list of like best books of some month mm-hmm. um and so i downloaded it from the library the first time and i really liked it and I, it was one that like i didn't even know if i would like again because i kind of have my authors that i read but i liked the difference i liked Maybe I like the first person, the internal dialogue. Mm-hmm. The um, it's like a very quiet romance, especially for the first half. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not like they don't say it's a lot. It's not a quiet romance. It's like not a romance for the first half. <laughs> but they're falling for each other. You can tell. Well, she like, you can tell she, she likes, likes him. Yeah, she likes him, and you can tell he must like her because he's going out with her. And maybe she doesn't think that, but like she would, he wouldn't be meeting her if he didn't want to be around her. Mm-hmm. So you kind of see it, even though it's not. Hmm. Well, you just know it because it's a romance novel. I guess if I didn't know it was a romance novel, I'm not sure I would know that he is going to be interested in her. But he goes out on walks with her. Yeah, but ostensibly it's there's a history between them. And I but don't I wanna mean, ruin it. But I mean, you like I remember one time you like talked to me on the phone for hours one night when we were dating in high school because I was babysitting my little brother and it and you didn't do anything else and you just talked to me on the phone. And I personally, if I was writing the story, wouldn't have known that that was some like showed that you liked me. But someone else was like... We weren't dating? We were already dating. <laughs> so what are you talking about? <laughs> but it was like really early on. I don't even know if it was after homecoming. It was really early on. You talked to me on the mm-hmm. phone for a couple hours. And someone else was like, no, that means he likes you if he's willing to do that. And to me, like, that's the same thing. Like, it's not like he's declaring his love and like trying to grab her like mm-hmm. in a lot of romance you might have. And it's not, even though they're kind of arguing, they're not like, it's not so bantery in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But he wouldn't do that if he didn't like her. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess so. Um, I might not have known it was a romance novel. If you didn't tell me this, I might not have known it was a romance novel for the first half. Really? No, I mean, it's a lot of, like, internal stuff in there. I mean, there's also the whole thing about the roommate, which I thought you might have thoughts on. Friends, you know, very close friends. You lived with a friend who you're very close with. And uh, that was a complicating relationship, for sure. Well, I mean, she was kind of lonely. She didn't have anybody because her friend, she and her friend had were distant for some reason, even though they had been best friends. And yeah, but it just made her maybe it maybe set her up too to be looking for something different because 
the person that she had always relied on in the city was gone. And so she was, I mean, she was unhappy mm-hmm. at the point that the novel begins. Okay, So in the beginning, she, you know, she put a hidden message mm-hmm. in the, and this is in the, this is in the notes on the back of the oh, book. Yeah, so it's not like, a spoiler. No. But, but we spoil all the books, so. Probably. Um, <laughs> I guess this one, it's not as clear what's going to happen. Right. From the beginning. So, I mean, they're romance novels. You know the two people are going to end up together. Isn't that one of your criteria? Yeah, it has it to be is. happy, happily yeah. ever after, right? So um, so in the beginning, you've, you've got this, um, this complication, and there's this, and I like the idea of, like, signs within signs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of, they're all symbols, and letters yeah. are symbols, and symbols if they're whimsical, can signify more than just what the word is or the letter. And then there's a sign within a sign. And so there's a lot of that kind of play going on. And um, so you've got that. And you've got, like, maybe they're going to have, like, a blow-up fight. You know, maybe they're going to really have a conflict. You know, it's not right for her to write hidden messages about the doomed marriage that she sees coming. So you wonder if that's going to happen, which it, well, I don't want to but it, it but it doesn't happen. It doesn't. So there is nothing there. So, but you get the sense that it might be because she's sort of like dreading that it might She's be. worried about it. But I mean, that's and feels... then you And then you have a roommate. So, you know, if you don't know it's a romance novel, you're reading all that and there's the signs on signs and this girl's trying to make it in New York and trying to. You might not know that it's going to lead to romance. I don't think, because this is not very formulaic. This is certainly uh, outside of the. Not like all the ones we've read so far. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, But it's still, I mean, there's this really handsome guy. She does think he's very handsome. She does. From so the that's beginning. one clue that, like, over and over. Um, you know, when you when you see a quote, he's very tall, exceptionally tall. I hate myself for thinking about the symbolism of my pens. Well, the pens came up, but you know, that was like one of the first things I learned in like French feminism class in college. What was the quote again? It was actually, and I felt like they were referencing it. It's. <laughs> If the pen is the penis, then with what will women write? I know. <laughs> and I'm so I felt like that. she was like referencing that idea in this book. Um, with all wonder. the pen things. Gotta but then wonder. she was like, but I'm going to use my pens and their pens. Yeah. So. But clearly Reed has no such reluctance. Reed is the love interest. Mm-hmm. He reaches out a hand. A big hand, broad palm, long finger. Forget about the symbolism and touches two fingers to the corner of the paper. <laughs> That's a line. Well, he she's noticing a few pages, him. noticing the potential symbolism. So again, <laughs> from the beginning, it's not as it's not. So there is some some signifier exactly. that it is probably a romance novel. Right. She's, like, definitely attracted to him. Mm -hmm. But I guess you don't know the story because you don't know if he, like, loves the other. You know, you don't know what all is going into it. So you don't know. It could go a different direction if this wasn't a romance novel. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be darker and... It's not without its darkness. Yeah. I mean, but it felt, like, real. It didn't feel like... Well, they had... Yeah. The the protagonist had some. Uh, the protagonist and her friend had some tough uh, family situations, which was interesting that they were still grappling with. So another signifier, another common yeah motif of the romance novel genre is this grappling with the families. You know. 
but you're I formed that, out of your family, but you also don't want to repeat the mistakes of your family. That kind yeah. of stuff that they're. I actually thought that hers was really interesting though, because she had grown up in a house where there was a lot of arguing, and so she had become someone who all like wanted no conflict. I was wondering if you were going to bring that up. <laughs> well, I mean, but it, and she basically says, and then her friend, her other friend, tells her like. No, you have to learn to enter conflict. Like the only way to have a really successful relationship mm-hmm. is to be able to fight and move on, move beyond it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I mean, I, that's very true to me as someone who doesn't like conflict, doesn't want to fight, doesn't want to argue, yeah. wants things to be peaceful. But sometimes you have to disagree. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean like things are going to end. And so she has to work through that. Mm-hmm. And it's not dramatic, like the fights that she's having, really. No, they're they're really even with him. They're not that dramatic. Like it's not like a lot of drama. It's no. just if you're always trying to keep other people happy and you don't say the things, they can build up. And so, for her to heal her relationship, she has to. Do you like be that willing. part? Yeah, I did. Yeah, rang, rang true to you. It, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. And it is one reason you're with me, after all. <laughs> you did say, I challenge you. Yeah, but you could challenge me in other ways, too. I mean, challenge me to be a better person, to try new things, to... You don't always agree with me. So I guess that's part of that. Right. Um, this specifically... Is about conflict, though. Right. And I mean, yeah, I guess I thought their relationship rang pretty true, especially before the very end where it got very dramatic. But throughout, it was like kind of quiet. They kind of fell in love over this experience. They didn't really know each other in the beginning, and they started spending more time together. And then they wanted to spend more and more time together. Yeah. And they're pretty different, but they complemented each other. Mm-hmm. He was a numbers guy. I know. I she was seem a letters to, guy. I, I seem to like find a lot of um, novels where the men are numbers guys. Yeah. Seem to have a lot of novels where the men are sort of ancillary characters just filling in a sort but of But he's role. not. He's super important to the... You know, it's the same. It's the same criticism, except in reverse, of a lot of classic literature, which is the women are sort of like a a shadow of a full person. And I feel like this is just another one where the men are not fully formed. But this one, I mean, he clearly has things going on, and she, he's not like, and he's like a numbers guy, but he's pretty like generous and sensitive and he like gets along with his family but he's kind of like hard to interact he doesn't interact it's not it's not third person so it's it's hard to say that that's why he's not fully formed but i will say like even in third person novels i have sort of that has been an ongoing critique of mine is like men don't act like this you don't see a lot of their thoughts other than what but i mean do you really think i mean this was first person from the woman so obviously it's different but like did he do something where you're like men would not do this like i felt like he acted how mostly Mm -hmm. how men would i mean there was still the punching scene so men do a lot of punching evidently in romance novels which i haven't noticed before but (laughs) (laughs) it's like out of character for him and yet He's good at punching. And, and man, he knows how to fight. <laughs> that was like one line in there. I was like, oh, But other than that, the way he like didn't really love all the things she wanted to do but would do them was kind of like awkward about it but kind of went along. Or he, um, I'm trying to think. He, I mean, he was just like really nice to her, but he wasn't, it didn't seem like he was not a realistic character at least. Yeah. I mean, I mean he's super handsome, but... Man. But uh, which one, which <laughs> love interests are not? Super I don't know, but what makes you think he's not fully formed? I mean, this is first person, so I mean, how would it be? But... I mean, you just you just hear a lot of oh, I'm having flare ups of my psoriasis, and yeah. and that's stressful. And then you find out later on that he's gone through this like huge upheaval, but you don't see any of it, and you don't 
you know, get a sense of like, you know, maybe he, you have to wonder, did he do, did it, was he in this relationship because it was like the only escape that he had from this terrible situation where he was like, bring that itself. So I just went and deleted a spoiler that I had in here. But anyway, so he's out there fighting against some bad thing that he's doing and it comes to light and you've got no sense of why he was so stressed out in his corporate job that he had. You get you get no picture, no insight. Well, I mean, into, you know he's stressed. And, and he is kind that of brushes enough? her off. Is that enough? But that's what I, I mean, and I then you, think. And you kind of wonder, what does a person who's pursuing the love of his life during perhaps the most dramatic part of his career, what is that like? But you have no insight because... We don't care what the men feel or think. Oh, but I mean, don't you think in first person, often relationships are like that? Oh, yeah. You're thinking all about you. Oh, does he like me? Oh my gosh, he doesn't like me. He's mm -hmm. not into me. He's not answering me. Sure. I'm super worried about my job and my work. And you know they're stressed and you're like, oh, feel better, feel better. Mm -hmm. And they don't share. And it could be either direction. And then it's only when you actually talk that you see each other. Because even in a relationship where you really like each other, sometimes you can not know what's right. going on. And I mean, that's part of this book. You have to talk about things. Right. And they're, they're both kind of learning to do that. Mm -hmm. Because neither of them do. Right. So, that, I mean, that to me, I don't know if that is so much him being an object. Because that's kind of what you're talking about. Like, the man is the object. Right. And the woman is the subject in romance. And I definitely think that's true. And, I mean, I don't have a problem with it because every other book I read, like, in school and stuff, usually the the woman was the object. Oh, I, I just said that's what I said. Exactly. It's, it's the same but problem. But I didn't see that in reverse. this one as much. Yeah. He's really handsome. He has psoriasis. He's really... Smart, he's really well, generous, it's, it's he's first really person, hard to talk it is to. what it is, you know. But the point is, you don't get a sense of the emotional landscape of Reed Sutherland in this novel. You get a sense that he's from a nice family, he seems to be just a nice guy caught up in a bad situation. Yeah, and he's really smart, and he's really smart. And he's he's just he's nice to her, he but is he's nice. kind of awkward, even interacting. Yeah. So there's that's a, a repeated theme. Like even though they're like hot geniuses, <laughs> Doctor River Pena <laughs> and Reed Sutherland are both deep down awkward nerds. <laughs> I know, and I'm just realizing this that this seems to be my favorite um hero mm -hmm. if you will is that right um, is the awkward nerd who learns to be vulnerable mm. and love the woman and... yeah but i mean i'm what did you so you think the man is still kind of not fully formed but what else well i like the the general artistry of the book just the fact that there's a lot of time spent on enjoying words and symbolism and just literature in general um there's a sense and there's been a few of these sort of like uh i'd have to look back but there is a sense that um if you really stop and smell the roses, if you really like slow down and sort of mindful and present in your surroundings, that you can find beauty anywhere. And that's not this, just this novel, but that's in this novel. But then it's shown through the way that they enjoy the city together. Mm -hmm. Even though he doesn't like it at first. Right, right. And he doesn't like it because he's surrounded by people he doesn't like. I mean, that's probably really what's... Probably, but it's crowded and loud and he's unhappy in his job. So all that bothers him. He can't see anything separate mm -hmm. from that in the city. Yeah. He li He's from a rundown suburb of Maryland. So I'm not sure why he likes that better. I couldn't decide whether that was 
You thought it was Baltimore. I think it's Baltimore, right? But it's outside of the city. Yeah, but it's somewhere a suburb. Of Must Maryland. be. Yeah, I mean Howard County's. Is that's what I was saying. Like more the ruralish part, not rural. But, but they like, said suburb. So I know it's they be. did, but I don't know. It was hard to place for me. It was. I was thinking like Dundalk or something like that. <laughs> that's very specific. Well, that's a rundown suburb of Baltimore, right? So I, that's what I was thinking about, like somewhere like that. Um, Howard County would probably be too hoity-toity for what they were describing as a rundown suburb. Yeah, I guess so. I was because that's it was hard for me because I kept wanting it to be somewhere near DC, mm-hmm. like Montgomery County, or but. It didn't wasn't described that way. It was three hours away. Didn't make sense. Three hours from where? Three hours from the city. Hmm. Oh, so like it must have been near Baltimore. Yeah, well, it's in between. I mean, Baltimore and DC are less than an hour apart. So Well, Somewhere that's in what there. the difference between yeah. a four hour and a three hour journey. But isn't DC only three hours from New York? No, it's like oh, four we hours. We digress though. This it's mm-hmm. not. Um, what about the fact that the city and Brooklyn were major players in this novel? Yeah. I mean, I found it interesting uh, that the novelist lives in Northern Virginia. Did oh, you notice that? I did not notice that. Yeah, okay. That up. And, uh, but she must have lived in the city is all I can figure because she really loved it and she was very descriptive of it, you know. I mean, maybe she didn't. Maybe it's just... But it felt true mate. to you. I mean, you lived in the city. Yeah, it was a long time ago and I was not enjoying the city <laughs> for the qualities she was describing, I don't think, at the time. I was like 18 to 22. What was I yeah, doing? Yeah, I, I didn't so. know what was going on. But it, and it wasn't like Brooklyn wasn't like annoying to you? I didn't know Brooklyn back then. No, but I mean in in the book. No. I mean, I think it's probably one of those truths of life that it's like the Viktor Frankl thing. You know know who Viktor Frankl is. That if you're finding meaning, no matter how bad it is, even if you're in a concentration camp, it's better than if you're not finding meaning in this life. That we're meaning makers. We're meaning making animals. And when you're making meaning, regardless of how bad things are, your humanity is affirmed and like that the most noble aspects of you, your creaturehood, are sort of like in play. Well, maybe that's what it is then for the protagonist, the man. He's like, not. it's not that bad, but he's in a bad time in his life. Yeah. And then he has this opportunity to try to make meaning of a city that he'd already rejected, mm-hmm. of a life that he wasn't happy living. Yeah. And he has this opportunity with her to see it differently. Yeah. Yeah, I think there are limits to that. I mean, obviously. <laughs> There's, you know, some people just don't like the city or some people right. don't like the country or don't like the South or don't like the North. You know, we both have a friend who's moved down to Florida who just hates the weather in Florida. Yeah, I mean, that's and true. There, he'll never like the weather down here. He just <laughs> won't, even in the winter when it's like nice out. But you know, he might like it better if he was finding meaning. Yes, in it all. I do wonder about that, but I think there are limits. I think some people are just, you know. And you they think just even love a certain place. When part of it is finding the love of your life, you still will hate it. I don't know. That's a big question. Well, I mean, I think I, even if I don't like places as much, I would go anywhere if you were there with me. Yeah, pretty much anywhere. I know, but like, aren't aren't you happy we never moved down to Haiti, for example? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, you think we would have been really happy? We might have been. We were young and really open to things. I mean. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I am happy to be where we are right now. Mm-hmm. That's definitely we mostly because you're there and the family is here. Yeah. Right, but Senegal. Nap- but Naples is kind of a paradise. I mean, it is nice. I mean, it's not without its issues, though. Yeah. 
or alligators <laughs> or boats. I mean, there are lots of animals that want to kill you. That makes it fun. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Weather's nice. Um, let's go through some of the highlights that I okay. had. I, had I was pink, waiting for the highlights. I had some pink highlights. Pink. Do you always have pink? Yes. Blue is negative. Oh, okay. Pink is, I should bring it up for some reason. And sometimes I remember and sometimes I don't. And yellow is just like, I like this. Maybe bring it up. Okay. So this is a yeah, pink one. I'm excited to hear what you highlighted. I can't really talk about Reed without explaining how I know him, which would be a dis- which would be disastrous. I'm not confident enough at the moment to talk about my deadline, and I'm embarrassed to tell them about my block. Yeah, I mean. So she's gotten herself into a little pickle here, right? Yeah. She has put a hidden message in her ornate, whimsical lettering, mm-hmm. apparently, that Reed, the genius, deciphers. Or he's deciphered it because he's meant for her. I mean, that's the other way to read that, but yes. Go ahead. That's a real, that's a, it's quite a, quite a stretch. That's how I read it. Are like all, they're meant are to all get of me these together. that magical for you when you read them? Are they like, oh, this is what it's like? No, there are some novels I read where I was like, meh, this is really not very... But this one, you were like, this is the magic that I'm looking for. Yeah, but, well, this... The faded, the faded... This is parent. quiet magic to me. This one, to me, was like, it felt, it felt magical, yes. Authentic. Magic. Authentic. Okay. And then she's got a block on top of it. Yeah, and I mean, who wants to talk about their block with people? Doesn't that feel real to you? No. Oh, it doesn't? Oh, well, definitely does to me. I don't make my living being a creative person. Yeah, but even if I, like, didn't know what to do with something else and I felt like it was up to me, I would have trouble telling people about it. Luckily, I mostly collaborate because that's how I enjoy working, but... Yeah, I, I just... I can't imagine it. That's like a different world. Making your living, being a creative person. I mean, it would be hard. I I might start hating my creative things. That's what I would worry about. That's nice is what married people always say when they find out you have a date. As though a good 86% of dates in the city don't end with you considering a blood pack with yourself to give up men in general. Did you (laughs) like that? That's funny. Um, I mean, and it's probably true of how married people react to people going out on dates. There's a lot of good Seinfelds about that, about how dating people shouldn't be allowed out because it's just so embarrassing for everyone else. (laughs) Uh, yeah um there's the part where meg lachelle's voice stops me as i'm about to cross into the front part of the shop someone where knows where you're going right yeah remember that yeah when she's about to meet him Mm -hmm. for the first time and she hasn't told anyone but somehow she knows that it's a boy yeah and so she yells out where she's going. But it also points out that she didn't really have anyone to tell where she was going. Mm. And that is like, uh, you see more of her character. Like she is kind of alone at this point. Yeah. her friend, She and her friend are not getting along. They're kind of distant. And she's just by herself in the city. I would be interested in hearing your thoughts on the, the, the whole friendship angle. How the friendship had to change and. The friendship was almost as important as the love interest. Because by the end, she has to repair the friendship. Yeah. And learn a new way forward in the friendship as much as she has to find the love of her life, her soulmate. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that like, well, there are a couple things. One, in the friendship, when they finally talk about what the problem is, I was kind of like, and they have this line about, I don't remember the exact line, but it was like, maybe this was better off not said. And I feel like that's something you say sometimes. Like, some things aren't worth talking about. Like, it's totally. only going to make it worse. Totally. 
And there's no way to get past it's it. The so just don't modern say society. it. Modern and society I thought, wants you know to bring what? everything. You're right. Up. Like sometimes no. you just have to work through something. Just just and get in over this it. Case, your like, problem your problem is this thing. Don't put that problem on your friend who you're blocking this friendship with because this is your problem. Go get help. Go to a therapist. Talk about Yeah, this and stuff I did think f- that like sometimes it's, Don't put this on Sometimes your it isn't. And maybe that's Lucky true. you have a friend that's like willing to like shoulder that burden with you. Can you imagine? Yeah, because how do you go forward? Right. So I thought that was really interesting. And I mean, you would say that's true even in romantic relationships. Sometimes it's not worth talking about. No, it's not. And I mean, I'm on the fence about that because I always want you to talk to me, for example... But sometimes no, and I'm, I'm I have another friend like who would say that she's like I have a therapist because my friends aren't supposed to play that role, and they don't have to hear everything all the that? time. Carolina, um, and it's true. It doesn't I love mean you Carolina. Don't, I know, she's so she's, smart. Is so smart. She's the best. Um, I'll have to tell her that she made it to the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell her. And um, she um. She's right. Like, your friends are there for you, and you talk to your friends. It's not like we don't talk when things are hard. Yeah. But not everything has to be that, because that's not the role your friend is supposed to play. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they kind of get there, right? Like, that's the idea. They have – your friendship can't just be about one helping the other. Just like a relationship can't just be about one helping the other. That's not romantic. It's not – it's not what friends are. And so they, because they care enough about each other and they have this history – have to redefine what being a friend is. Yeah. And I, I think that's true. I think that's Was that very something like, in your relationship that you had to do? I don't think I did, but mm-hmm. um, I think probably people do. Yeah, you're lucky. You, ha- you kind of have a built-in uh, friendship with your sister because yeah. you're so close in age. Yeah, that's really that kind helps, of your kind of friend. right. Like, and it helps that idea of someone you grew up with who may you may yeah. like settle into a pattern, right? Right. Versus when you have a friend, right? Hmm. That's interesting. And then you could be the other person that would be like that in a way because we've known each other so long. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we settled into a pattern. No, you know, we also broke up. We broke up. up. We each did our own thing. We went our own way. Mm -hmm. We're like, and that helped to come back together in a more equal Mm -hmm. way. Because that's kind of what they decided. Maybe their friendship wasn't balanced. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Here's a, here's a pink. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> we start walking again. That's got to be Reed Sutherland. And uh, what's the lady, what's the girl's name? Oh, no. What is her name? M- Meg. 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 Yeah, we just said Meg. it. <laughs> yeah. I have this project. My deadline is in July, which is a long way away, but also not because I'm a heavy pause, a heavy swallow in my throat. Or I pause, a heavy swallow in my throat. Too blocked to even say the word out loud. Which is, I guess, whatever the opposite of irony is. Because I've been having a lot of trouble focusing on my work lately, I say instead. Yeah, so what do you like about that? The opposite of irony. I like that they bring that up. I mean, that's sort of the artistry of this, like. This is a writer's writer. This is somebody who like thinks about irony deeply. Right, yeah. Well, and how kind of like she rolls out the novel too in a way that is kind of, cre- there's like stuff we just don't know and stuff we do know. Oh, I can't stand that stuff, but that's. Oh, does that make you feel manipulated? It's <laughs> even in here? I like, hate this it. Is, but this isn't I hate it like when they that. don't tell like, me like. When it's clear, like, both, it's first person and the protagonist knows, and they don't say what they know explicitly. But isn't that how life is? We don't say what we know. We no, don't. No, we do not say what we no, know. No, 
Now, only annoying storytellers do it that way. What I'm saying is when you're telling a story, if the first-person protagonist can articulate it and they don't, they're just stringing you along. But maybe the first-person protagonist can't articulate it That's okay. Because it takes time. That's absolutely allowed. Then you're going through the meaning-making process with the protagonist. Yeah. Love that. I don't understand. That's don't not what was happening here. Was, no, I she do. was keeping facts, like very specific facts from the reader. Okay, I guess. Which to me is a manipulating thing. I let it go because I figured it's a romance novel. It's going to end happily, so who cares? <laughs> you know, so she did something wrong and you can't really... That's what I didn't like. There was a lot of like, we don't really know... What she did, she sort of has to lay it out and like in an artistic. But it didn't way. take that long to find out. Eh. It, okay. All it right. It was just. We'll it was like a lot of artistic expression mm-hmm. instead of like knowing what's going on. And what I like is that you're just not moving the plot forward at all because your artistry is so good, and this writer is good enough for that. She could just stop. Well, she did a lot. I mean, there were lots of times right. where it was just and so nothing I think, so happened. I, I think she was like using that as a crutch. Like, oh, we'll keep stringing the reader along because the reader's going to want to know what actually happened. Right, because typical romance That's novel annoying. readers want to know what happened. And this book didn't set it up the way, like usually from the very beginning. I like ones who stop like, and are like... That's why I liked um, the people who made Better Call Saul and... Um, Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad, because there was just like they they'd start a new episode and it, they would like show they would show like an ice cream cone on the street and all these ants marching up the ice cream cone and it was like that was artistic and guess what you just have to sit through it and it doesn't do anything for the plot and it's not saying but that ice and they're cream not cone stringing doesn't you along. come back in some way to, of course at the end of the plot you of find course. out why that ice cream cone was sitting of course there but and... it's but it's just for the sake of artistry that they're doing it. They're just saying, enjoy this. Yeah. And that's what I like. I like it when I, I can enjoy it and I can say, oh, I am enjoying this. And you know what? It doesn't care. It doesn't matter what the plot is because it sort of like takes you out of time and it takes you out of like this sort of like constant churning to mm-hmm. see what the next plot point is. It's like, no, let's enjoy the, let's enjoy the journey. Yeah. And I like that. So anyway. Okay, but uh, she did good. She just uh, withheld some information that I that you would have wanted to know, and you didn't want to wait for that information. Although we have talked about patience and perhaps being patient. Okay, what's another pink? Oh, so you think this is this is good for me to just be patient? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Here's a blue one. Um, I don't know what context is. I wanted some company, I blurt, and that, I realize, is what I should have said from the beginning. It isn't the whole truth, but it's certainly part of it. I do want some company, and Reed, the only man in the city, in the world, who knows my secret, might, oddly enough, be the right man for the job. Why is that blue? Blue, what does blue mean? You don't like it. Yeah. But it wanted company. I mean, it's that's what she she wants a companion. She wants someone to share with. I mean, her whole secret. This whatever. is in this is in this is in the context of Avery. No, but this is when she went. She asked him to go with her, right? And mm-hmm. she admits that she wanted company. And like, I think that's a nice thing about this book. Like, clearly, she just she wanted company and he somehow like captured her attention and he ended up giving her that i mean her her message and her mistake and all that like i and what she did i didn't think it was that bad i thought it was clever so like for me it really mm-hmm. i didn't feel the angst she felt about it mm-hmm. but the fact that she wanted company i actually liked that they used that word to describe it company mm-hmm. like you want company in life and I think it's romantic. Company doesn't sound romantic, but I think it is. Yeah. 
Um, do you like that her purse is full of so full of stuff and trash? <laughs> I because I, I, like I was like that's how my backpack is when I open my <laughs> backpack and I'm like super embarrassed. Yeah, she's like got just a ton of stuff and he's all orderly and mm-hmm. and neat and. But it'd be interesting if it was reversed. If it was like she was all neat and tidy and he was a mess. I wonder if I would like that. I don't know. Which I don't know what that says about hmm. me. That's interesting that you thought about that. Well, I just thought of it now. Like what would I do if it was the opposite? Yeah, what would you do if our relationship was the opposite? Well, maybe that's why when I read books, I like it when it's set up this way because it mirrors us. Like I'm all over the place and you're like neat and tidy and organized. Mm -hmm. And so this appeals. That's why I'm like, what would I do if it was the opposite? Yeah. And I'm trying to think if I've ever read a book where it's the opposite. I'm like, surely I must have. It can't always be that the, the woman is a mess. Yeah. He's tall and redheaded, too. I know. Did you like that, that this one was not dark? I thought that was interesting. I don't think a lot of women think of a But he was reddish-brown. He wasn't red. It was reddish-brown, reddish-blonde. It wasn't... But he was, like, fairer than... I feel any character we've read... I mean, St. Vincent had, like, golden hair, but... He also had, like, tan. I like that you, I have no picture of St. Vincent in my head. The fact that you have a picture of him. Well, they always compare him to a lion. There's something going on. They they really, they're very descriptive. Very to the, and I sort of like, I'm like, ugh. But you know what's interesting? I wasn't even. And I just. But when I read this, I realized I wasn't sure what she looked like. Like, her clothes were described, but I don't know what she looked like. Hmm. And I was like, did I just miss it? Or is it not mentioned because it's her her perspective? Yeah. And like clearly like there were times where her hair was messy or like It's interesting frizzy, that you, but I didn't know what she looked like. You like the descriptions cuz they're very descriptive, like more than a lot of novels are. I are they? I mean, don't you always know what the main characters look like? Sometimes there's like a suggestion and it's sort of vaguely populates in your head and then um, I don't know I because I mean how many kids did I make find the description in classic novels of characters and write it down as part of their character description tons hundreds of kids mm-hmm. had to do that so clearly those were used those include I'm trying to think and maybe it just I just don't care that much what they look like but I'm trying to think of like Cormac McCarthy novels yeah. I can't think of what one cowboy in those novels looks like <laughs> I don't think he spends a lot of time talking about it because men don't care that much. I mean, maybe. But men care what women look like. Even women. I mean, I'm thinking of uh, all the pretty horses, like the love interest in there, the Mexican. I'm sure she's described. We'll have to go back. But I'm sure it's not like super in depth as much. I think there's more description in romance novels because there's like, then there's like a bunch of. Sex scenes. Well, maybe because it's how the woman, often how the woman sees the man. Right. Is important, and it comes up again and again. Right. So maybe that's true because it's part of... I think it's a little bit more important for the plot of the... Yeah, that may be true. It matters. A pink... He nods, but if there were lean times, he says, you have an LLC or something. Do you pay yourself a salary out of that? Oh my God, whatever is worse than mansplaining, this is it. This is a man interrogating. Before, <laughs> at the promenade, his questions, they were blunt, too abrupt. Now. They didn't feel this way, at least. These are vaguely accusatory and not so vaguely superior. Oh, because you could see yourself doing the same thing, couldn't you? And me getting super annoyed. What are you talking like, about? Like when you ask me a bunch you of questions. You like that I keep you together. I don't know that I like that you, when you like constantly ask questions about like, like if, if it was this case and she's like, he's constantly asking her these questions. But I also, you know what I loved? That she had already taken care of all those things. 
because she's, yes, she's whimsical, she's disorganized, but she's very good at her job and she's successful. And so even though she was annoyed with him for asking those things, mm -hmm. because it's annoying, she had already actually done those things and taken care of her business. So she's like, like she has it together in the ways that matter. Yeah. But I'm definitely going to use that. I mean, like, you're man-terrogating me and now. You're man-terrogating me again. Can you <laughs> please stop? <laughs> <laughs> this is another pink. Let's see. I only got part of it. I tell her I'll be there soon. And for the rest of the trip over, I'm doing that thing. Oh, I love this line. Yeah, I remember this one. I'm doing that thing that I indulge myself in sometimes where I compose lengthy, highly organized, but incredibly witty lecture of censure to someone who has done me wrong. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's what I do. I like that. Yeah, I remember that too. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, so you you actually did, you like this character. Uh I saw one of our friends who's sort of an eccentric type and thought she would be, she's got to be smoking hot because she is, uh, her eccentricities are like way out there. Like this the amount character? of. Character? Yes. What are you talking about? She's like a successful businesswoman who is really talented. I mean, she wears Hello Kitty dresses and things, but. She's an artist though. Yeah, she's an artist. Like she makes her living. Yeah. With her art. I think that would be, I think that would be very hard. That's fine. But that doesn't mean you wouldn't, couldn't like her. I could like her as a friend. Oh. I couldn't, I didn't think, think about her and think, oh, that's somebody you want to oh, hit yeah. yourself to. Be like, oh God, that would be like just the worst. I don't know why. I... I don't know. I just, someone who's decided to privilege their art to that extent in their life, I think it would be hard. I but think in a weird very way, hard. this whole. Because she's, she's not only privileging her art, she's like, this is like her like calling in life is but to do this it's thing. It's kind of weird because this whole project is made possible because people privilege their art. I know. It's all writers who have decided that they're going to write full time. Like all these writers no, of romance I, novels. I'm not sure that this is their. She's in education, the author of this book. I'm not sure all of them are full time. Well, writers. maybe she's not, but everyone else that we've read is. Really? Mm -hmm. You think that that's all they do? I don't know about that. Well, Nora, Lisa. Nora and Lisa, yes, obviously there are some. But I think there are some that don't. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there are some that don't. But. I'm sure there are some that do other things and want more practical. <laughs> but writing is also can be, especially like for people like Nora, it's a very practical proposition. Like, I mean, she, you've, I've read yes, blogs. I'm sure she's rich. She literally, yeah. but she literally writes every day, all day. She has right. a schedule. She, you know, knows exactly what she needs to do and does it. Right. Same way people take vacation. She takes her time off and they announce it on her blog, you know, like, you know. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, it. there's a a line between Maybe the two. Not. And she's also a business person. I don't know. There was a point at which, I mean, she lost this one. She lost an account because she was trying to be true to herself. You know, and then it worked out that they wanted her after the fact. Yeah, but remember? she rejected them, yeah. But then she rejected them. That kind of stuff. That's really what would be hard for me. Because that's not the way you think. No. It's like the opposite because you are like very practical. Right. You make money, you take care of your kids, your family, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, she doesn't have any kids, so I guess it's, you know, whatever. Well, and she's building a business, so right. she could end up And being in the very epilogue, she did end up going back to something she didn't really want to do because it was more lucrative. Well, no, she designed her own line with her freedom, her artistic freedom. So. Right. And I guess that's sort of like how a lot of these rom-coms work out. You know, it's like they it's better than they had ever 
expected it to be. Yeah. Uh, and that seems kind of... To not real enough for you? I don't know. The happily ever after stuff is just, it's too much. But we are happily ever after? Well, it can be happily ever after. You can find your love interest, but you can be, you can have a full spectrum of emotions and you can c- overcome some really hard stuff. I'm like, sure you would if Like you... Mortman. Mortman was much more... Realistic. But it was like tragic. Like they had married other people, and like <laughs> they they had like done yeah, all sorts of things. Most people don't take nine hundred pages to tell their story, so they well, that's what I'm time. saying. Like that's more realistic. This sort of it seems a little bit um, simplistic to just be like, "Oh, just follow your heart, and then you'll have more success than you'd but ever." We would. I mean, look at, if you turned our story into a romance, we dated in high school. Mm-hmm. You did me wrong. You moved away. I did you wrong? <laughs> that would be the story. Let's the not, novel. let's not tell um, everybody that I did you wrong. <laughs> That's what the People novel are going to come to be. conclusions if you say I the did you wrong. The novel would tell that story. You went off to the Peace Corps. We started writing letters. We stayed close. And you could even have a few moments where we almost reconnected before because we would, you know, see each other. Mm-hmm. And then you would come back and I would be in the city working in the school and it would be so great. I'd be loving it. And then you come back and we fall in love. And that would be just as neat and tidy as any rom-com. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm talking about the, the art, like follow oh. your Yeah, but we only get card. to see a little snippet okay. of the art. You know, we don't see all the hard parts of the art. I guess that's what you're saying. It's too... Yeah, it's just... It's um, too neat. It's hard to... Right, right, right. It's actually really hard to do that. Yeah. And I think there's also... I don't know. There's also this sense that I think the best, in my opinion, the best novels love even the villains. Yeah. Like, have enough... Hmm. like building enough sympathy for the villains that you're sort of feeling like, boy, this is life. Yeah, You know, the villains are not villains. They're just people living their lives in the circumstance, doing this thing. And I'm not sure I would do any different if I were in that circumstance. Yeah, And this person and the hero, you feel sorry for him, but like he's in a shit position and like, what are you going to do? This is what life is. And he's a little heroic and a little bit cowardly and a little bit, he did this great thing, but maybe it didn't, I mean, yeah, that's life. Yeah, but this is, these are romance novels. This is how life <laughs> can be, could be. We wish it could be. I think the we best have an amazing possible. romance between us two. That's why I'm not surprised but we've you also don't had, like... But we've also had the full spectrum of love and heartbreak and disappointment and joy. And we've had everything along the way. Well, but these stories end with them getting together. Mm-hmm. So, like, in a way, they show that. You know, I mean, they, they end at the point where, like, everything is possible. Right. They don't go through the life experience. Even before the life experience. I mean, so one way to think about it is, um, uh, what was the Indian novel that we read? Marriage Game. Marriage Game. It's like... This totally terrible villain doctor. Yeah. And then there's like this like corporate greed guy, you know, that's like you get nothing from him other than it just like amplifies the heroics of Reed Sutherland, who we're supposed to like anyway. But now he's even better because he's bringing down this fat cat who's just getting rich off of fraudulent corporate returns right it's just it it feels manipulated it feels manipulative i know there are evil people but that's so simple i can watch a 
I can watch a Claude Van Damme movie to see bad guys and good guys fight each other. Like, yeah, and you can read like a great book literature. To see good great and evil. literature. What it does is it says, you know, maybe the heroes aren't that heroic. Maybe the villains aren't so villainous, and maybe we're all part of this human experience. Yeah, but where... don't you want to see the person you love as heroic? Of course. I mean, don't you, you, you want to? You see the, it as the best. The of guy in the, the road and, was still a, a hero. And like, you don't need. I mean, you don't always have to be doing that. Like I said, I don't read a romance novel for the same reason. I might read another piece of literature. And so, why would you need that? I mean, well, you bring up a you good question. Believe. You you don't read it for. Why do you read a romance novel? That's, I told that's you. the root of this this whole podcast. No, it's not. Why. It's what you can learn about romance. That's my secret ulterior motive is to figure out why you read it, what you're getting out of it. You said you read it for something. And it's and I have this idea that there is this emotional process that you I, I said what you I said it. It's like you get to see, first of all, they're fun to read, usually. They're fun to read. They're enjoyable. They take mm-hmm. you out of whatever else is going on. Yeah, they're entertaining. On. They're entertaining. And But second, the relationships are always like what could be possible between people. Mm-hmm. And seeing two people find each other, whatever the obstacles around them, whatever the life around them are, it are is, is like... It makes me happy to read them. No matter what, the classroom remains a place <laughs> of possibility. Is that bell hooks? That's bell hooks, yes. yes. Is that what's the quote? Did I do it right? The classroom, despite its limitations, limitations. remains a location of possibility. Uh, okay. All right, so, but I, so I kind of feel like I want to hear. So is there some kind of takeaway or new learning from this? Well, the learning is that romance novels can be literary. I wouldn't say any have been. This is the first one where you would say it's literary. Mortman gets close, but there's a different, you know, she's like in the E.L. Doctorow vein of writers. You know, she's like historical, set in a place with all these like real life historical events. Yeah, it's like that happened yeah. that sort of like brings you into it and you're like really into it and like right this she's is the, taking this is you the to first one place. that says i don't care if you know anything <laughs> about a time or place i'm not even sure what time of new york city this is written in 2020 by the way i checked the oh look at you yeah <laughs> so this is written in 2020 um but new york you know so she was writing it through the let's call it 2018 to 2020, yeah. maybe, sometime in there. Um, you know, sh- it, it's it's more about, like, the artistry. Yeah. And right, so, and there are pages where And so we just, nothing really you happens. just have to wonder, why has late modern literature not canonized the romance novel? Why is it not part of the canon? You can cite Edith Wharton all you want. There is not a modern, uh, uh, let's call it Hemingway, Hmm. Faulkner, post-Hemingway and Faulkner romance novel that is part of the classic canon of literature that kids read in school. Why? That's interesting. Even if they didn't read it in school, why is there not something? I have a theory. Oh, because they're written for women. Nope. Oh, that's what most people say. I think that's part of it. I think it has to do with the counterculture revolution and everything that's happened. There is an archetypal story that happens in these romance novels. And this is so last century. Yeah, it's the opposite of genius. Like, it's the like, opposite of right. like cynical. It's all it's hopeful. But no matter how. But it's interesting that you say jaded. You know, <laughs> some of our academic friends would not say that they're jaded. They would say that they're realistic. 
or even that it's jaded to think that this but type to me, of modern this type of coming together is possible. They to, would say that's jaded. To me, modern literature is often pessimistic and jaded. Even when I like the stories, it's so like they're so sad. They're so like people are terrible. And romance novels are not like that. And I was going to say, because there are romance novels that feature two men, men in like gender nonconforming, lesbian couples. There are romance novels across all kinds of specters of relationships, but they are ultimately hopeful. They are kind of idealistic. The idea that mm -hmm. despite whatever, you can find someone. And that that love will make you better and happier. And I think that is not. That's interesting. It says something about the people who are forming the canon. Are you? Do you assert that the people forming the canon are cynics? I mean, I'm not going to assert anything about anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Ashley Johnson says that <laughs> the academics that gave her her PhD are all cynics. And pessimists. Not all. But somehow it's better to tell a pessimistic story or a cynical story or a jaded story. What does that say? I don't know. It says something. I think we can't answer that question today. We can just raise it today mm -hmm. as any good academic would. <laughs> I agree. There's something in there. Yeah. All right. Well, so... Um, we're at one hour and six minutes, so we're plenty of time I, can in. Can I just say I'm really good at knowing when we're about an hour in? Are you? Yeah. Like, well, I'm always like, so what do you take away? What do you think? Yeah. You and I good. seem to be good at knowing when it's about an hour. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so next week, we're going to read Book Lovers by Emily Reed. By Emily Reed. R-E-E-D? R-E-I-D. R-E-I-D. Yeah. Like, Hopefully I'm like right. Reed Sutherland. Like Reed Sutherland. <laughs> wow. This is on the list, pretty much every list of best books of this year. Book lovers. Book lovers. Emily Reed. Emily Reed. Okay. Yep. So All right. I am excited. We'll see what we think now that I'm reading it again. Now, are we going to do it on, is this going to be like a New Year's Eve, New Year's Day? Oh, I think that sounds delightful. We're going to have to have a champagne it will be cocktail. A New Year's, it will be a New Year's Eve. Uh, maybe we can do it like late at night when uh, all our I kids are like should, asleep exactly. on the floor. With, and we definitely have to have champagne next week. So, champagne sounds perfect. next week. I don't know. Is it, does it fit Champagne with cocktail. A, oh, champagne, some sort of champagne. Yeah, cocktail. I don't know if it fits with okay. the book because, you know, that was not something I paid attention to in romance reading. Okay. Until now. Where's it set? Starts in New York City and then ends up in like small town it, Carolinas. If there's, if there's New York involved. Champagne works. I mean, that city runs on. I was going to do a Long Island iced tea today. <laughs> oh, gee. Have you, have you read the ingredients for a Long it's Island It's like iced? all liquor is it's all like in all, like, It's just like so a bunch of liquors honest, mixed together. The only time I've ever had them was when I turned terrible. 21, and it was a really bad thing. We would both so be, I have literally we would both never. be really sick yeah. after. <laughs> yeah, it's not tea. It's not like tea with liquor. Yeah. Liquor. Okay. All right. Book lovers next week. Yes.